Hello, hello, hello. This is the Vanilla JavaScript Podcast. I'm Chris Ferdinandi. Thank you so much for joining me. Today, I wanted to talk about the Jamstack, what it is, why it's awesome, why it's not, and some resources to help you get started. Before we jump in, I just wanted to say I am sorry if you can hear my dog snoring in the background. She is deep asleep and being a little loud, and I don't have the heart to kick her out of the room. So hopefully uh, that's not creating too much background noise um, as you listen. So uh, back in February, Nicole Sullivan uh, replied to a what's your contrarian opinion tweet with Jamstack is 99.9% branding and 0.1% substance. Nicole is awesome. She created object-oriented CSS, which is my favorite way to build websites. She's an amazing developer. She has done so many incredible things in her career, but I think she's wrong about the Jamstack. So what is the Jamstack? In web development, your stack is the combination of technologies that you use to build and deliver files to the browser. LAMP, one of the most popular stacks, stands for Linux, Apache, MySQL, and PHP. This powers things like WordPress sites and Perch and a bunch of other CMSs that are quite popular. Mean stands for Mongo, Express, Angular, and Node. And there are variants of this for people who are building sites that run React server-side or Vue server-side, um, uh, possibly also using Mongo and Express and Node, but not necessarily Angular. Um, and Jamstack stands for JavaScript, APIs, and markup. And in many ways, it's a reversion back to the way we used to build websites back in the late 90s and early 2000s, where instead of having a database that you're pulling data from and you know dynamically creating um, content from templates on the fly whenever someone visits your site, you're uploading static HTML files that have already been built to the server, and those are what get delivered gets delivered to the browser. So the browser requests an HTML file and gets one back. It's just, it's already there. It doesn't have to be created when the user chooses to access it. One common misconception about Jamstack is that because it leads with JavaScript, it's all about frameworks and single page apps. And while single page apps are Jamstack sites, not all Jamstack sites are single page apps. JavaScript is not the most important part of the Jamstack, even though the J comes first. Markup is. What makes a Jamstack site Jamstack is that there's no database involved at the point of request. You're not serving dynamically rendered HTML. You're serving static, flat HTML files that existed on the server before your browser ever made a request for them. So what about the rest of the stack? APIs can be used to add content to your Jamstack site and sometimes that content is loaded with JavaScript. Sometimes it's pulled ahead of time when the HTML file is created. Some people use static site generators to give them a templating system that pulls content from markdown files. This is my preferred approach, by the way. Static site generators can often pull API data and render it directly into the HTML, cutting JavaScript out of the process entirely. So if you have content that doesn't update that much, but you do need to get it from another source, you can make that API request right in your static site generator, and then the completed file already has that content. It doesn't even have to use JS to get it, which is so awesome. 
JavaScript bridges the gap when dynamic or user-specific content is needed. So this is the kind of stuff where in a traditional stack, you would use the database and maybe some PHP and templates, or in a mean stack, you would use um, you know MongoDB and Express to to get some content. Um, with a Jamstack, you're sending a flat HTML file, and whatever's in that gets rendered immediately, and then JavaScript picks up the gap and grabs the dynamic stuff or user-specific content and loads that. So why is Jamstack awesome? Because there's no database to query and no files to generate, Jamstack sites are fast, like really, really, really fast. Your browser requests an HTML file from the server and gets one back almost instantly. Flat HTML files are also much easier to cache on a CDN, making them even faster. You can push them out around the globe so that they sit really close to where the person requesting them lives, and you cut down a lot of latency that way. Removing the database also means there's no database to hack, so Jamstack sites can be much easier to keep secure. They do use APIs, but those third-party API vendors are often much better versed at managing security of their stuff than you would be. And it's a very narrow attack vector versus having an entire database that gives you access to the whole site. And without an expensive database uh, to maintain, no queries to run, every time someone requests an HTML file, the overall computational needs for your site go way down as well. Huge spikes in traffic don't break your site. Depending on how old you are, you may or may not remember the concept of getting fireballed. Um, and this used to happen when uh, Daring Fireball, the website that writes about Apple-less stuff, would link to your site unexpectedly and you would see a surge in traffic. And depending on your host and how big your site was already, your database might not be able to keep up with all that traffic and it would just crash and people would start getting like empty pages, 404s, things like that. With static sites, that is so much less likely to happen because there's no heavy demands on the server. It's just, you want a file? Here's a file. You want a file? Here's a file. I run about a dozen sites, some of them relatively high traffic, from a single $5 DigitalOcean droplet, um, which is awesome. It costs me so little to host and maintain my sites. And this also dramatically reduces the environmental impact of the things we build. All of these servers that we run for all of the stuff that we build are really expensive. Um, just in terms of CO2 output. And building sites that have a smaller footprint is also an environmental issue. This reduces the amount of servers that you use and the amount of kind of carbon from our profession, which is an awesome thing. Jamstack is a little bit marketing hype. So, uh, you know, Nicole isn't entirely wrong here. Um, Jamstack is really just a fancy way of describing the way we all used to build websites before. Um, you know, the, the approach is not new. Some of the technologies involved are new, but the approach is really not new. Um, there is some marketing hype here. Nicole's definitely right about that, but that doesn't mean that there's no substance there. The rise of static site generators, serverless, which is another empty buzzword, and services like GitHub and Netlify mean that building and managing sites built this way is easier than it was a decade or two ago, like way, way, way easier. You used to have to open up an FTP client and manually move files over to a server or um, you know, open up a terminal window and log in by command line and push these files over to your server. Um, 
and it, it kind of sucked, honestly. But today you can use things like Build Automations and GitHub to push your updated files to GitHub and then have a website get spit out for you, which is awesome. Database-driven sites made doing things that were hard with flat HTML a lot easier. And modern Jamstack tools make doing with flat HTML files the things that database-driven sites used to do exclusively a lot easier too. It's not all roses though. There are some things that suck about Jamstack. So the lack of a database and server-rendered content. Let me flip-flop that. Server-rendered content. Oh no, no, I meant that right the first way. I'm sorry. The lack of a database and server-rendered content means that API calls that require secure credentials can be a challenge. And there's some ways around this that I'll get into um, hopefully a little bit later, but um, it's not as easy as it would be on a kind of server-rendered site. Static site generators don't include a content management system, which I love, but that presents a barrier to entry for some people. Um, I really love being able to just author and markdown files, but not everybody's me. Um, a lot of folks need a CMS, and there are some tools around this as well. Deploying updates, scheduling posts ahead of time, and triggering periodic rebuilds of your content requires a comfort working with server configurations. Those are real issues, and they make Jamstack a bad choice for some people. But for me, Jamstack is way more than hype. It has dramatically transformed how I build for the web for the better. With that said, let's get into some resources to help you get started with Jamstack if that's something you're interested in exploring. So um, at its heart, Jamstack is about flat or static HTML files. And uh, back in the day, that meant pushing things up to a server using FTP clients. But today, there are some options that make this easier. Many, uh, maybe most, Jamstack deployments are built around Git. For something really simple, you can use GitHub Pages. It features integrated SSL, automatic updates when you push new files, and it even lets you use custom domains. Oh, and it's free. The custom domains piece is not, but... All the other stuff is totally free, which is really cool. For something almost as simple, but far more powerful and feature-rich, Netlify is worth a look. Their service includes free SSL, free deployment to a CDN, and paid features for things like contact forms, serverless functions, and more. And we had talked a little bit about um, you know, how uh, making secure calls with... Um, uh, you know, with credentials is problematic in a static setup, but uh, serverless baked right into your deployment provider like Netlify actually makes some of that stuff um, really easy, really doable, um, a lot better than, uh, than it would be otherwise. You can also roll your own. This is what I do. I use a $5 DigitalOcean droplet with server pilot to manage a whole bunch of the other stuff for me. So um, setting up tech on the stack and keeping things secure. And I'll link to an article on my full setup down in the show notes. Using a Git-based workflow doesn't mean you need to learn command line either. If you use GitHub, they have a fantastic desktop app that helped me understand how Git actually works behind the scene. And if you use another Git provider, um, maybe Atlassian or something like that, um, there are a bunch of other kind of GUIs for managing Git that you can work with as well. And they're all pretty good. If you have a big site, the last thing you want to do is hand code every single HTML file. Um, think about if you ever have to make an update to your navigation menu, what a complete disaster that would be. 
Static site generators let you store content and markdown files and mash them up with templates ahead of time. If you enjoy working closer to the actual HTML, they are a lot nicer to design with than something like WordPress is. And there are a lot of options here. I use Hugo, it's built on Go, and it mostly uses HTML files for templating. I'll link to a starter project I put together if you want something to play around with while you're learning. Jekyll has been around forever and uses Ruby as its templating language. It's a bit slower to compile than the newer options, but it's a very popular choice and it's super feature rich. 11D is the new kid on the block. It was built by my friend Zach Leatherman. It uses HTML and Vanilla.js as a templating system. It actually has a lot of templating systems, but you can template completely in Vanilla.js if you want. It also has Liquid and a whole bunch of other choices. It's super flexible. And a lot of smart people I know swear by it, so it is definitely worth a look. It's also a fan favorite of the folks over at Netlify. They liked it so much that they actually brought Zach in-house. Another popular option is Gatsby. They use React as a templating engine, but not a client-side framework. So if you're already comfortable with it, that might be a good option too. You literally cannot go wrong here. They are all good for differing reasons. So I would pick the one that feels the most at home for you and go with that if this is something you're interested in learning. Um, one of the really cool things about static site generators too is like, so on my site, if you are on a particular page and that page is a link in the navigation menu, I wanna show you some sort of active state on that link so you know that's where you are. So if you're reading one of my articles, the, um, the daily articles navigation menu on my site is going to have a, a pinkish red underline on it. And I could do that with JavaScript, but static site generators make this really easy. When they spit out the HTML files, um, they're injecting this nav into each file. And I am able to put some logic around that that says if the page is this type of content, add an active class to it so that it shows up underlined. Um, so it just makes templating really, really easy. It's just, it's this perfect, for me, this perfect marriage of, um, you know, like database-driven templating systems and working in plain HTML. It, it takes the best of both worlds for me. One of the biggest things that's missing from the Jamstack by default, though, is a CMS. And for me, that's a benefit. I very much prefer working in raw markdown and HTML. But for many people, especially people working on teams or folks who aren't as technical, this can be a barrier to entry. Fortunately, there are a lot of options here as well. On the really simple end of things, you can use GitHub itself as a CMS. You can use their desktop app or their web interface, which I sometimes do if I need to make an update on my mobile device. If you use Netlify, they have a configurable CMS that ties into GitHub's content API to let you manage your markdown files with a GUI. And it's really neat. You can configure it basically however you want. If you're using self-hosting, or even if you use Netlify, forestry.io does the same thing as Netlify CMS with less configuration needed on your end. I've used this with clients before and it's pretty good. There is a cost associated with it beyond a couple of users and some basic features. You could also use WordPress as a headless CMS. WordPress has, built a, has a built-in content API. And you can use WordPress as a CMS to author the content and then use the API to pull content into your static site generator and pre-render HTML files. And what makes it headless is you never take the content from the database and use WordPress itself to render that HTML. It exists only to give you an interface and a database to hold content and an API to get content out. 
Another challenge with Jamstack is making secure API calls when keys and secrets are involved. You can't include them in your client-facing JavaScript because someone can steal them. Even if you obfuscate them, someone who knows what they're doing can open up DevTools and actually see those credentials being passed back and forth just because that's how the web works. So what can you do? The solution is to create a middleman API. And I've had a few requests to get into a bit more details on how I do this. I'm going to drop a link in the show notes to some basics, but I'll write a much more detailed article on this in the future and possibly talk about it in the podcast as well. In short, you store your secret credentials on a server. Your JavaScript file calls a server-based API. So you, you set up an endpoint on a server that your JavaScript calls. You take the credentials that are saved on the server to make your real API call from the server, get data back from that API, and then pass it back to the JavaScript. So you're effectively creating an API that calls another API and then sends that data back. I use a headless instance of WordPress for this. If you're on Netlify, they offer a feature called Functions that acts as a server-as-a-service. Uh, it's officially a serverless offering, which is dumb because the server is actually involved, but um, it's basically a server-as-a-service. So you don't have to spin up your own server. You can just write a couple of functions and create an endpoint for them. Cloudflare also has an option for this called Cloudflare Workers, and it's super cool because it uses Vanilla.js instead of Node. I typically write my articles ahead of time and schedule them to go live on a certain day and time. But scheduling posts ahead of time with uh, static HTML is challenging too. So all of the static site generators I recommend above include a publish date option on the files that you create. You can say when this file was supposed to be published and you can schedule it in the future. And if it's a future dated article or post or page, the static site generator will not create an HTML file for it. But how do you get a Jamstack site to rebuild itself and render the new HTML file when it's time for that post to go live. The trick here are hooks or triggers that tell your host to recompile your site at fixed intervals. Since I host my own site, I set up something called a cron job to run every hour. Any post whose publish date is before the current time um, gets built and becomes published. If its publish date is in the future, nothing happens. If you're using Netlify, you can use GitHub Actions and a webhook to trigger a new build on Netlify as well. And I'll drop a link in the show notes on how both of those things work, my setup and GitHub uh, with a webhook for Netlify users. This is unfortunately one feature you'll miss out on if you're using GitHub pages for your hosting. I love the Jamstack and I want more people to make the switch. So if there's anything I missed or anything you have questions about, um, from the show, please reach out and let me know. And if you want to finally master JavaScript, head over to vanillajsguides.com and check out my pocket guides and video courses. They're short, focused, and made for beginners. You'll learn the ins and outs of a topic in under an hour, and as a listener of the show, you can take 30% off with the code podcast at checkout. See you next time. Cheers.